Been meaning to tell ya, but I guess it's clear to see. Don't be mad, it's just a brand new kind of me. All right, everybody, welcome to Studio B. I am your host, Pastor MDH. Thank you for joining us here uh, on the set. We are thankful um, that you support this podcast in the way that you do. But make sure no matter where you're watching us, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, you like, follow, subscribe, comment, and share so that you don't miss one episode of Studio B. And remember, the good news that I gave to you a couple of weeks ago, that wherever you access your your podcast from, you can access Studio B be from that same place. So whether that's Pandora, Apple, Spotify, Google, we are on all podcast platforms. So make sure that you uh, subscribe to that particular platform. Man, today I am just so excited, man. We are um, in the midst of a brand new year. Um, This has been one for the ages. We have crossed over and man, I'm just excited. I want to just take a look back and I want to encourage you about this new year and ask you a question. This is going to be a new year, but is it going to be a new you? Uh, this is going to be a new year. It is a new year, but is it going to be a new you? Uh, I know this may seem strange to say COVID-19 withstanding social unrest, political confusion and all that was on the landscape of 2020. But uh, 2020 has been and was a very good year for me. Um, I call it, as I begin to look back on this particular year, a year of advancement. Um, There are a lot of things that I was able to accomplish in this year. And so for me personally um, and my family, 2020 has been a good year for us. Um, We have been as busy as we've ever been. Uh, Work has been steady. Um, The family has been good. The family's been doing more than good, as a matter of fact. Um, And God has just been extremely, extremely faithful to us. And so, uh, you know, as I look back over 2020 and all the highs and the lows that come along with that tumultuous year, I'm able to get on the other side in 2021 and thank God for what he did in 2020. But as you cross over into a brand new set of 365 days, um, what is it about this new year? What is it about the celebration that gets so many people excited? Um, There seems to be a whole lot of excitement, joy and jubilation when crossing over into a new year. You know, maybe it's because the previous year and this year or last year were standing that it was a tough year. Um, We had to deal with a whole lot of different things that we've never had to deal with before. And now we're on the other side of that or coming out of that. And there's a whole lot of joy and jubilation for it. So the celebration part about New Year's is is obvious, you know, and as of our birthdays, a New Year's Day provides us a chance to celebrate, you know, having made it through another 365 days, uh, the unit of time by which we keep a chronological score of our lives. Another year is over and we're still here. We have time to raise our glasses and celebrate and toast our survival. We made it to a brand new year. But there's a thing about New Year's that I want to kind of put in perspective on this podcast today, because as you stand on January the 1st and going forward, there are going to be a myriad of New Year's resolutions that many people are going to be able to start saying um, and, you know, a whole lot of to do lists. And, man, I want to do this better. I want to do that better. You know, and there's going to be a whole lot of lists that's going to be pasted up on a refrigerator, pasted on the bathroom mirror. 
But it's important us understand to understand how this whole thing came about. And I want to really encourage you with some very, very um, practical words that will help you not only keep your New Year's resolutions, but be successful in your New Year's resolutions. Well, in order to understand, we got to first go back. Um, I think many would be absolutely surprised to know how much the Roman and Babylonian and pagan society has has affected us here in the Western culture. Uh, Many of our traditions and ceremony directed toward these pagan rituals have come from Babylon and have come from Rome and a whole lot of pagan uh, practices. New Year's Day and New Year's celebration are included. Uh, The first New Year's Year's resolutions date back to over 4,000 years ago in ancient Babylon, and they were the first to hold recorded celebrations to honor the new year. Though for them, the new year began not in January, but in mid-March when the crops were planted. And so the new date uh, honored Janus, the two-faced God who symbolically looked back over into the previous year and forward into the new year. So January, the month of January, is actually named after a pagan god, Janus. The early Roman calendar consisted of only 10 months and 304 days, with each new year beginning at the vernal equinox, according to their tradition. It was created by Romulus, the founder of Rome, in the 8th century B.C. Um, The later king, Numus, um, is credited by adding the months of January and February over the centuries, and the calendar fell out of sync with the sun. And around 46 B.C., the emperor Julius Caesar, which many of us know, decided to solve this problem by consulting with some of his most prominent astronomers, mathematicians of his time. So as a part of his reform, Julius Caesar instituted January 1st as the day and the year, partly to honor the month's namesake, Janus, the Roman god of beginnings, whose two-faced allowed him to look back into the past and forward into the future. Uh, The Romans celebrated by offering sacrifices to Janus and exchanging gifts with one another, decorating their homes with laurel branches and attending parties. In the medieval uh, Europe, Christian leaders temporarily replaced January the first as the first days, uh, as the first of the year, with days carrying a more religious significance. And so, this particular day that we celebrate, January the first and December the thirty first, uh, New Year's Eve, and going into a brand new year, comes from a rich history in the Roman pagan society. Now, what this happily, what this actually does. And the background of it will give us great insight about how we are to honor it today. There are no doubt that there will be many and tons of New Year's resolutions. But here is what I want to lay up on your heart today. How do you make a New Year's resolution and be faithful to the New Year's resolution? Um, There are many different goals that you're going to see. People are going to want to eat healthier, exercise more, spend less, uh, uh, spend less, spend more time with the family, et cetera. It's going to be endless, endless, endless uh, New Year's resolutions that are going to be uh, put on on, on the calendar. But a New Year's resolution without a plan is certainly failure. A New Year's resolution without a new vision will certainly end in doom. And as the mind begins to process, now I want you to hear this, uh, the mind is this very, very unique organism 
by which one of the things that I am very passionate about is strengthening the mind. Now, we do a whole lot of physical exercise. We we eat right to make sure that our bodies are, are, are well maintained and all of those things that we do. But we don't pay nearly enough attention to the muscle of the mind. And the muscle of the mind is one of the most single greatest determiners of you being successful in whatever field of life that you are endeavoring in. Because no one becomes successful by accident. No one loses weight accidentally. No one graduates from college accidentally. No one gets out of debt accidentally. It takes a plan. It takes discipline in order to accomplish those things that you desire to have. And so a New Year's resolution, many people just kind of pick it out of the air, stick it on the refrigerator, and then hope and pray that they can get those things done. And then at the end of the year or the end of the month, whatever that duration may be, they look back at that resolution and don't see the fruit of it. And it discourages them. And I'm going to tell you how the brain processes failure. The mind begins to process failure as hurt to the body. Because I want you to think about this. Anytime that you've missed a goal, anytime that you've done something that you wasn't supposed to do, there becomes this uh, feeling of deep loss and regret and all of the things that come along with not accomplishing a goal. Well, what the brain does is register that as pain to the body. So now the brain begins to insulate or protect the body from that pain. So here's what I encourage people to do. When you fail at doing something, you must replace that failure with the success immediately. Because here's what's happening. Your brain is processing the failure and then guarding your body from the effects of that failure. And so here's what it looks like in an everyday terminology. As your brain begins to experience failure more and more and more and more and more, and all of the feelings of loss and regret and sadness and gloom that comes along with it, the brain begins to protect the body from those feelings. And so here's what it looks like you start taking less chances. You start doing less things because you have experienced failure so much that your body has become used to that and it is protecting itself from it. Now, on the other side, when you experience success or reach a goal, there is a euphoric feeling that comes along with reaching a goal or doing something that you've always wanted to do. And so it sends forth all of this stimuli in your brain and your body recognizes that as good. And so it wants more of that feeling because it is producing something that is good for the body. So when your body begins to recognize success, it craves more success. When your body recognizes failure, it guards itself for more failure. So when you have failed at something, it is very important that you replace that failure with a success. And you have to do that relatively quickly, not to trick the mind, but to get the mind into a pattern of successful habits. Now, you're not going to cross every T and dot every I, but I do believe, saints of God, that we are to be more successful than we are to fail. Now, failures are just a part of life and everybody in, uh, that I'm talking to, including the person talking, uh, we got a whole list of failures that we can go down. But one of the things about having a New Year's resolution is, do you want to have a New Year's resolution or do you want to have a plan? Do you want to have something that is tangible that you can work to achieve? In Hosea chapter number four, verse number six, it says that my people perish because of the lack of knowledge. 
Now, Hosea, the prophet said that it's not because knowledge is not available. It's that they're perishing because they are rejecting knowledge. Now, think about this. Think about the things that you don't know that's killing you. There are literally things that we don't know that are killing us because we don't know how foods operate in our body. We are killing ourselves by the foods in which we eat because we don't know how to financially get ahead because of that lack of knowledge of finances. It is killing our finances. The lack of knowledge is causing the people or the people of God to perish. And so what do we do in order to get the knowledge that can help us to succeed? One of the greatest assets to success and equally one of the greatest barriers to success is your thought life. It's what you think about yourself. It's what you believe about yourself. It's how you view yourself. It's the man in the mirror, as Michael Jackson said. It is the thought life. Proverbs 23 and 7. As a man thinks, so is he. And so your thought life will literally determine your quality of life. What you think about yourself will be lived out in everyday practices. Now, the problem with the thought life is, and I'm speaking here um, specifically in our community, that being the African-American community, is that we don't do well with mental health. So we don't do well with pain, loss, uh, trauma. So we just kind of say, well, out of sight, out of mind. And we think that because we don't talk about it, we've gotten over it. So we don't process pain in order to turn pain into progress. We suppress it. And so we dump a whole lot of work. We stay busy so that we don't think about the pain, the hurt, the trauma that we've been through. Well, the problem with that is that it creates this crater inside of the mind. And the person that we are today is the sum result of the choices that we've made in the direct result of what we believe about ourselves. I want you to hear me what I'm saying here. You are where you are today because of what you believe about yourself. One of the greatest, one of the great, and this is not, let me just put this in here. This is not some pie in the sky, name it and claim it, blab it and grab it. Um, this is not one of these uh, positive uh, Tony Robbins kind of, you know, seminars and things of that nature. Why that has value. I'm not talking about that. I'm not, I'm not talking about think great, be great. I'm not thinking about, I'm not talking about any of that stuff, but I am saying this, what you think about yourself absolutely determines a way of life. And the choices that we make are the reflection of what we believe about ourselves. As I tell you about my own testimony, man, and I've been very, very candid about it, very open about it. Uh, I am 47 years old. I didn't find out my dad's first name until I was 27 years old. Uh, I didn't talk to him for the first time until I was 38. I've only talked to him two times in my entire life and have never seen him any uh, at any time in my life. And so when I look back over my family, and my family is a great family, um, but as I look back over my family, I don't see a whole lot of success stories in my family. Like um, when I got married, I didn't have a marriage to look at and say, this is how I'm going to model my marriage after. There were not a, a lot of successful models that I could pin uh, my life after. And so what I had to do, and I thank God for being God and thank God for the Holy Spirit and thank God for him just doing what he does. I had to reshape my thinking in a lot of areas of my life 
because my thinking about myself was flawed in so many different areas. And it was flawed because of the way I came up, because of the people that I was around, the stuff that I was surrounding myself with, the stuff that I was allowing to go into my eye gate, my ear gate. Um, I started to believe a certain narrative about myself. And before I knew it, the narrative of what I believe began to play itself out. And it wasn't until I began to start checking the thoughts of my mind and asking myself some very hard and intense questions about what I believe about myself. And in order for the person to change, the view of the person must change first. So in order for you to be healthy, you have to see yourself as being healthy. You have to recognize the benefits of being healthy. In order to be financially free, you have to recognize the benefits of being financially free. You have to get to a place to where the old folks used to say, you got to be sick and tired of being sick and tired. But after you become sick and tired, there has to be a changing of the mind in order to take it to the next level. So what do you believe about yourself? Now, if I were to take this to a biblical context, which I try my best to do um, in Genesis chapter one, verse number 26 and 27, when God created man, after he had created everything on the first five days, when he got to the sixth day and he created man, he said, it is very good. We were made in the image and the likeness of God. You were made on purpose, with purpose. God created you to be successful in this life. God has created that. God has molded you to be great. God has created you to do great things. That's the view of God. When you look at Psalms 139, he says the thoughts that he thinks towards you are like the sand of the sea. The good thoughts that thought that God thinks about us is like the sand of the sea. And so God has a positive view about his creation. The problem is, is that his creation has now been skewed by sin. And so now sin actually begins to determine or make the model in a person's mind rather than the thoughts of God. And so now we allow culture to shape our views of ourselves. We allow other people to shape our views of ourselves. And that's because we don't have a positive self-image and a positive belief about who we are. So it first starts, saints of God, with your mind, your mind, your mind, your mind, and your mind. The greatest asset to success and equally one of the greatest barriers to success is what you think. So now you're going into a brand new year. But if you're taking the old you into a new year, then the new year will look just like the old year. So in order for me to change, in order for me to get what I need to get, I got to develop a plan in order to do this. On last week's podcast, I shared with you a master action plan and a master action plan was simply just a list, um, a bullet list about how to achieve certain areas in my life. And I've never been one for New Year's resolutions. I do not believe that New Year's resolutions work. Uh, as a matter of fact, when you're looking at the American Psychiatric Council, they tell you that 79% of all New, New Year's resolutions are abandoned within the first two months. So by the end of February, 79% of all of the New Year's resolutions will be abandoned. Here's what that means. At the end of February, people will go back to living the same life that they are accustomed to living. I want you to think about that. 
You stand on the, on the cusp of a brand new year. God gives you a whole new set of 365 days. You say, I'm going to be better. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But by the end of the second month of the year, 79% of all of those to-do lists have now been abandoned. And people are right back into the same monotonous and, and ritualistic routines that they have been accustomed to. And here's one of the greatest problems with that. If you don't see progress, you stop trying. You have to be able to see progress in areas of your life. And that's why I tell people, you have to acknowledge Song of Solomon, chapter two, verse number five, said that it's the small foxes that spoil the vine. And so what I tell people is when you're trying to be successful in whatever endeavor of life that you're trying to do it in, you got to take those small victories and build up on them. So if you're trying to gain financial freedom, don't bite off something like I'm going to save a thousand dollars a month. Say that you're going to save ten dollars a week. And then watch yourself see that success. Watch yourself be successful over four weeks. Save the $10 that you have determined to do. And then what that's going to do is encourage you enough to go up to 20 and then to 30 and then to 40 and then to 100 and then and so on and so forth. You build on successes. So if you're trying to lose weight, you're not going to lose 500 pounds within a year. You're not going to don't make some some uh, unrealistic expectation of what you're going to do. Take that mountain and begin it step by step. And when you do this, you'll be able to see successes that you can build off on. And one of the things about the Bible that is so important about the Bible is that the Bible tells us about this thing that God has given us, which is one of the greatest resources that many, unfortunately, don't use nearly enough. It is the channels of our mind and the power that this thing has. And so one of the things that I look at when I'm uh, looking at life and, I, and, and everybody, I know that I'm a kind of the oddball. I, I look at life in different ways and different people. Um, you know, when I look at problems, issues and challenges um, in my own life and things that I've done wrong and things that I could do better. One of the things that I do personally is I don't let myself off the hook. Um, I don't let myself off the hook. Nobody made me do anything. Nobody held a gun to my head and made me make any choice that I have made. And so as I do a self-reflective look over my life, over 2020, over decisions that I've made, I got to hold myself accountable to the decisions that I made. And then if those decisions are bad decisions, I ask myself this question, where did that bad decision originate from? And most of the time, that bad decision, that bad choice originated from a faulty view of myself and a faulty view of who God was. And so I made a decision that would not benefit me in the long run. And so for me personally, personal accountability is one of the greatest assets that any successful person will have in life. You got to be able to hold yourself accountable. Now, we're living in a world right now where everybody wants to place blame on everybody but who the blame belongs. At the end of the day, we are volitional people. We have the choices of our will. We make decisions based on information that we have at the time. And whether that's a good decision or a bad decision, the decisions are made by the person. And so when you begin to understand the mental capacity that you have and the, the, the tremendous power of your will and what you can do if we only set our minds to it, we will begin to move in extraordinary ways. 
And so what does Paul say? So we are standing right here in 2021, 2021. It's a new year, but is it going to be a new you? What are you going to do different this year? What are you going to, how different are you going to be? What changes are you going to make? Um, I was sharing with my wife a few nights ago that I know that Psalms 90, Psalms 92, that we are promised three score and 10 years. That's a principle more than it is a promise. Not everybody is promised 70 years because, of course, people die younger than that all of the time. So it's a principle rather than it is a, a, um, um, a fact. But one of the things that I've said that as 47 years old, if that principle is true, I got 23 years of living left. I'm 47 years old. That gives me 23 years. If 70 is the mark, if 70 is the principal mark, then I got 23 years of living left. And so as I'm looking at those 23 years, I got more days behind me than I have in front of me. And so now I got to ask myself some very pertinent questions in my life. What do I want to do with these remaining 23 years of my life? What do I want to do? God has been great to me. God has been good. He's been faithful and all of those things are wonderful. I celebrate his name for that. But as I look over my life and look to my life, how do I want to live these next 23 years? So now as I take that as a big picture, as the principal mark being 70, I now got to break it down into smaller segments. So now I break that 23 years down and I break it down into now years. So now I'm looking at 2021 and asking myself the question, what do I want 2021 to look like? Now, hear me, everybody. Again, this is not a name it and claim it and blab it and grab it. Okay, you cannot call those things that be not as though they are. You don't have the power to do that. Only God. So you can talk about being a millionaire all day long, but if you don't put a plan and discipline in place in order to achieve that, then all you're simply doing is talking. The old saying is the only thing that comes to a dreamer is sleep. So while this is not a name it and claim it and blab it and grab it, I can't speak anything into existence. I can, by my thoughts and by my words, create a reality for me to thrive in. And this is what I have. This is what I personally do. So I take the big number 23 and then I break that down into palatable uh, segments. So a year. So now what does 2021 look like? And now I got the year. Now I got to break it down into manageable pieces. Now I got to look at what does January look like? Then what does February look like? And then what March looks like? I got to be able to break these things down. Now watch this. I'm doing this to train my mind for success. When I hit a goal, my mind registers that as something good for me and wants more of it. And so what I had to do in my own personal life is litter my life with a bunch of successes. And the problem that many people make is that you try to litter your life with huge successes and big, big lofty things. When what you need to do is litter your life with just success. If you made a date, if you made a promise to take your wife out or to take your kids out and you managed to keep that and you managed to keep that appointment, that's a success, right? So you got to break it down into very manageable moments because if you don't, if you don't, you will get into a habit of failure and a habit of failure will lead to a miserable life. It will lead to a life that will accomplish nothing. And so how do we do this as we are sitting back looking at 2021? Well, I want to encourage you um, with the words of Scripture. 
If we look at Romans chapter number 12, it's an oldie but goodie. I won't spend a lot of time there because I've got to get to a couple of more things. I won't spend a lot of time there, but I want to get to it. Uh, Romans chapter number 12, verse number two, it says, um, chapter number one, uh, chapter 12, verse number one, I beseech you, brothers, by the tender mercies of God, that you offer your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him. Uh, then he says in verse number two, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That word renewing is an ongoing process. Uh, a part of my map is the intellectual development of my mind. And so one of the things that I've done is this year I've carried, I got the six books that I did for 2020. Uh, praise God, I was able to read all of those six books. Now I've increased that to eight books for 2021. And it's got the titles and all of the things that I'll be reading for 2021. So the intellectual um, exercising of my brain um, is very, very important. But the word renewing there in Romans chapter 12, verse number two, is an ongoing process. It is an ongoing process. It's an ongoing process. The renewing of the mind is very, very crucial. Uh, the mind is this very, very particular thing that is, um, people have been studying this thing for eons upon eons, and we still know little about the actual brain. Albert Einstein, who is worldly renowned as one of the most brilliant men to ever walk the face of the planet, when they did research on his brain, figured out that he only used 32% of capacity of his brain. Think about that. Albert Einstein, Albert Einstein only used 32% of the capacity of his brain. So we have this great mental capacity that God has given us, this, this thing that is able to help us reason, to make decisions, to do this and to do that. But it only works with what we put in it. So what we put in it is what we get out of it. And, in, in, and I put this in banking terms. Um, as I was a banker for Chase for a number of years, I would often tell people, you can only pull out what you put in. Like you can't come into the bank to pull out money out of an account that you haven't put anything in. So if you're not putting anything substantial into your brain, it's going to be hard to get that stuff out. And so what I tell people to do is to look at this thing, look at yourself in the mirror and then ask yourself a question. What do you want to do? And then you put forth a plan in order to accomplish that goal. And your plan has to be, it has to be practical, but it has to be something that is going to benefit not only you, but others around you. And so Paul said that we got to renew your mind every day. You got to renew your mind every day. Here's the difficulty. We have a whole lot of junk that resides in the back channels of our minds. Uh, my favorite rapper growing up was Tupac Shakur. Uh, the favorite, my my best album ever um, was Tupac Shakur when he did the double CD, All Eyes on Me. Uh, that was, uh, Tupac died in 1996. Uh, I still remember that double CD. I can still verbatim, even as of this day, I can still verbatim quote four or five of those songs from that album, right? Because those particular words are etched into my mind. Right. And, and, and it's, it's amazing what's in the back of your mind that comes up when you least expect it. And so now what we have to do in the challenge of renewing your mind is to get the old stuff out and replace it with new and beneficial things that will uh, uh, push you forward in life. 
And that's the difficulty. And so when Paul says the renewing of your mind, it is an ongoing process, but it's also a deliberate process. And everybody, please hear me. You're being changed every single day of your life. You're being taught every single day of your life. Most of us are being taught unconsciously. So we don't even know that we're being taught. We don't even know that we're being indoctrinated. You don't even know that you're being taught a new standard or a new way of life. Every time that you watch a TV show, your favorite TV show that you watch religiously, that's being taught. Every time a commercial comes across your TV screen, that's being taught. The stuff that you hear on the radio is going into your subliminal mind and planting seeds and strongholds in those areas. We're all being taught. So we have to be very deliberate in what we are allowing our minds to be taught. And this is important because what goes in will come out. Always remember this. There is no such thing as an accidental phrase because the Bible says as uh, uh, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So whatever's in the channels of my heart comes out of my mouth. Right. And so what comes out of my mouth is a great indicator of what's going on in my mind. And so this is one of the reasons why I am very adamant against uh, those who use a lot of profanity, because a lot of profanity simply says that your mind has been corrupted by a whole lot of worldly things. And that's what's in the channels of your mind. So that's what comes out of your mouth. Right. So whatever's coming out of your mouth is evident of what's going on in your mind. So as you're looking at 2021, 2021, what's going to be different? Uh, In Isaiah chapter 43, he says, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing, says God. He says, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing, a new thing. But remember now, the new thing has to be with a new mindset because new vision is will propel you to do the necessary steps in order to achieve it. You have to prepare yourself for the success that you want to achieve. If you're not preparing yourself for the success that you want to achieve, you'll never achieve the success. Now, one of the things that I've done, and let me just share this with you. I told this to you uh, 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 last week when we talked about my master action plan with the physical uh, part of the master action plan, uh, which was important for me and is important to me. Um, I understand that um, man is given two days. Man is given two days, Um, a day to be born and a day to die. Uh, Hebrews 9 and 27 said that it's appointed unto a man once to die and then the judgment. So everybody has two days, the day you be born and the day to die. So God gives the quantity of days. God gives that. But you determine the quality of those days. God gives the quantity, the days, the day to be born and the day to die, whether that's 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50, 60, 70, however they may be. God gives the quantity of those days. However, you determine the quality of those days. 
So you can determine the quality of those days by being riddled with um, uh, things that rack your body and beat your body up, which causes you to live a miserable life in the days in which God has ordained. Or you begin to do things that increase the quality of those days. Now, hear this. As you get older, your body slows down. Your body can't do what it used to do when you were younger. So what I have decided to do is to increase the quality of my days by managing how I interact in my days. And I've been on this now, and this is very important to me, everybody. We've done so many different funerals here at the church. And ironically, here at the church, of all the funerals that we've done, we haven't done one COVID death. I've done a whole lot of heart attacks. I've done a whole lot of, we've done a whole lot of uh, health issues and things and people suffering with um, debilitating diseases and things of that nature. And, 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 and one of the things that I've been looking at in my own life is I look at my daughters and my son getting older and older, uh, 20, 19, uh, 18 and 16, respectfully, they're getting older. They're leaving the nest. Um, God say the same, they'll get married, give me, me and my wife about 20 grandkids. I want to be around where I'm not in a walker trying to play with my grandkids, right? I want to be around so that I can live a productive life in my later years, even with my wife, as we begin to get all the kids out of our house and then do what me and mama want to do. I want to be able to live a healthy life to enjoy those later years. Well, if I don't start doing that stuff now, to increase the quality of my life, then when I get to that point, the only person that I can blame for not having the quality of life is myself, right? So here's what I'm doing. I am doing small measures so that I can attain success so that I can continue to build on success. So for me personally, I've identified some things that I have to do better. I have to get right in regards to eating habits, in regards to water intake and things of that nature. I have to do that better. And I am holding myself accountable to those particular principles. Now, here's the thing. If God gives you the quantity and you develop the quality, you have to put a plan in place in order to achieve it. Now, hear this. God doesn't want us borrowing from Peter to pay Paul. God doesn't want us broken, and disgusted. Now, that does not mean that God is declared for everybody to be a millionaire. Uh, that's not the case. Everybody's not going to be a millionaire. But God doesn't want us ducking and dodging bill collectors. God wants us to make a decision, to, uh, to make a pact and whatever pact that there may be, and then be honorable to the pact that we made. So that means that our finances have to be in order in order to achieve those particular things. The Bible says that a good name is far precious than rubies, right? So a good name is to be desired. So how do we do that? If God has not promised me to be a millionaire, which he has not, but God has also promised that I should not be running from bill collectors, where is that fine balance? Well, the fine balance is making a plan and a disciplined attack to your finances. Unless you have one of those proverbial money trees in the back of your yard, um, you need to understand that the money that you have is the talent in which God has placed in your hand. And we got to be able to do things with that. So as we get it, we have to develop a plan about it. If you go back to a podcast, four podcasts ago, when I talked to Brother Lee Thomas, uh, we talked about those plans and principles in order to do that. But in this particular arena is the same in any particular arena. You have to develop success 
successes in order to keep building on the plan that you've put in place. So 2021, new year, but is it going to be a new you? How much different are you going to be? Look at your life right now and ask yourself a question. What do I want to be? What things in my life do I need to change? What things do I need to personally change in order to be better this year? And I believe that it's a question that all of us need to ask. I believe it's a question that all of us need to ask and and ponder it in the deep recesses in our mind. Because Jeremiah 29 and 11 says, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. And they're good plans. They're wonderful plans for your welfare and not for your evil. And he says to give you a future and a hope. God says, I know the plans that I have for you. Think about this if you are a parent. No parent looks at their child and wants the worst for them. No parent does. No. Well, let me put it like this. No good parent looks at their child and says, man, I hope you do worse than I do. No, every parent, every good parent that loves their child looks at their child with gleam in their eye because they see the possible potential lying on the inside of that child. They see greatness in that child. They see that child doing great and magnificent things. And most parents will say, I want you to do better than what I've done. Right. And and, and every parent who is a parent does that. But think about it. Think about if you were a parent and didn't want the best for your child. When God looks at us, God wants the best for us. Now, again, you got to define what the best is, but God wants the best for us. God wants the best for us. God wants us to do well in life. God wants us to uh, be successful that we that that we may honor his name. God wants us to have certain things in order that we may glorify him and extend the kingdom of God. But if we don't have these things, it's going to be very difficult to do that. Listen, you can love God. You can want to serve God. But when your body betrays you, there's certain things that you can't do for God. As a missions pastor, I can't tell you how many times I've heard, man, Pastor Holman, I would love to go on missions, but I ain't got the money to do it. Think about that. I want to do what God has called for me to do. I know that God has put this on my heart. I want to extend the kingdom of God in this way. This is a desire of my heart. But here is something that is holding me back from it. Think about that. So think about where you are. Think about where we are right now. And what can you do better? And saints of God, as you're sitting on the cusp of this brand new year, take your New Year's resolutions and throw them in the trash. Forget a New Year's resolution. What I'm telling you to do is to make a plan, make a concrete plan about how you're going to interact in this year, what you're going to do differently in order to be the person that you know you can be. Now, that starts, of course, with a divine connection from God that goes with standing because God has my breath in the palm of his hand. So I take my plans and I merge them with God's and I say, God, if this is your will, allow this to come to pass. That being first. But then you have to get a proper view of who you are in God. You have to train your mind Train your mind over and over and over and over again to do the things that you have called for it to do. Now, watch this. I heard this great quote. It said that success is doing the things that you hate to do 
with the purposes of achieving the things that you plan to achieve. I want you to think about that. Discipline, discipline and success is doing those things that you hate to do. It's like that athlete that gets up at five o'clock in the morning to go into the gym for two and three hours to work out. Even when he knows that he can sleep in another two hours and get some more rest, he disciplines himself and does what he hates to do in order to achieve what he wants to achieve. And so it starts with our mind. It starts with our mind. It starts with the proper view of who you are. And I don't want you to take it as the Romans and the Babylonians and look at this goddess Janice who's able to look back in the past and look forward to the future and say, man, I'm going to stand on this day and I'm going to make a whole bunch of New Year's resolutions that I know in my heart I can't keep, but it makes me feel good that I want to say it. I'm saying make a plan. Make a plan. If you want to go back to school, start to make a plan. If you want to lose weight, start to make a plan. If you want to get out of debt, start to make a plan. If you want to increase time with your family, start to make a plan. And then once you've made that plan, you first got to hold yourself accountable. You first have got to hold yourself accountable. And then you have to have people around you. And this is an important one. You have to have people around you that are vested in your success. You have to have people in your circle that want to see you succeed and that celebrate your success. If you don't have those two very important components, it is going to be difficult, if not impossible, to achieve what you want to achieve. You got to hold yourself accountable and then you got to put your plan out to other people that you trust, that you love and say, here's what I'm thinking about. I want you to pray over this. I want you to hold me accountable to these particular standards. Because if you don't have those two things around you, it's going to be easy to slip off into the unknown. And so make a plan, stick to it, hold yourself accountable. And everybody, and, and I, I want to finally tell you this, um, 2020 gave us a whole bunch of uh, new norms, uh, for lack of a better phrase. It's just, just, just a whole lot of new stuff uh, in 2020. And many, for my opinion, have not been very good. But 2020, in the sum of 2020, um, what we were thinking about in March and then June when we were in the midst of all of this stuff and we couldn't see the forest for the trees. Here you are six months later, you made it. You made it out of 2020. COVID-19, political, social unrest, protests, riots. You made it out of 2020. You made it out. You made it out. Praise God. High five yourself. Now you stand on the cusp of a whole new 365 days to which you can do anything with. 2021 is going to bring to you what you want. 2021 will bring to you what you believe. Many people will go into this new year with old habits. The old habits will simply transfer themselves from 2020 to 2021. And then it will be par for the course, ritualistic, routine, and monotony. Three things that define unproductive people. And so when you're looking at this year, what are you going to do? How are you going to be better? 
this I was sharing with the the uh, the, the the team in the studio. Um, as I'm trying to increase the quality of my life, um, I know that I have to do certain things that I don't necessarily like to do. Um, I have to discipline myself in areas where a lack of discipline has got me to the place where I got to start doing what I don't like to do. And so one of the things about that is the water. <clears throat> and so one of the things that I've done, this is a, um, this is a quart. And so one of the things that I do now, and I've been doing this now, praise God now for about the last two weeks, last week and a half, um, I have to finish a whole quart of water in the morning before I have my coffee. Now, if you know anything about Pastor Holman, I got I'm, I'm an avid coffee drinker. Uh, I drink coffee every single day. Um, it is, you know, it's one of my my things. And then I also have this fetish for Dr. Pepper. So one of the things that I've done was to put this as a part of my daily routine. I have to drink this in order to get the coffee. If I don't drink this, I can't get the coffee. Now watch this. Here's the thing in which it plays with. Now, if I haven't drunk this by 11 o'clock, who drinks coffee at 12 o'clock? Who drinks coffee at one, right? And so this is a motivator for me to drink this particular cup, uh, this particular bottle of water in order for me to get the thing that I desire, which is the coffee. But in order to get to the coffee, I got to get through this. Now, here's one of the greatest things that I've discovered, not one of the greatest, I don't want to overhype this, but one of the things that I've discovered in this last week, as I'm doing this, my brain is chalking up successes. And watch this, it's not as bad as I thought. Like, this is crazy. I've, I've built up a mental picture about water that it didn't taste good that I had to mix it with something in order for me to do it. So I would switch water out for Gatorade and Propel or something that had a more valuable taste to me. But what I figured out in this last week and a half is that there was a mental roadblock that I created. I created that roadblock. The water is actually pretty good. It's, it, and, and once it's the water actually satisfies my thirst a whole lot more than coffee or, uh, or sodas does. So I created a mental barrier in my own mind that stopped me from achieving success. Now watch this. Everybody does that in some area of your life. You think that you can't do it because you've never done it. You think that you can't do it because you failed to try to do it. You failed at it one time before. Everybody puts a mental barrier in their mind to stop them from achieving success. But everybody, please hear this. That's why the Romans chapter 12, verse 2 passage is important. The renewing of your mind. The renewing of your mind. Renew your mind. Go back and look at it. Go back and examine it. Go back and pour it over and ask yourself, where did I go wrong? Where did it short circuit at? And then go back and attack that thing. Uh, if that's going to be beneficial to your life. And so everybody, 2021 is here. A brand new year is here. But are you going to be a brand new you? Are you going to be brand new? Is 2021 going to be your year? Is this going to be the year that you go back to school? Is this going to be the year that you break free of debt? Is this going to be the year that you break out with your beach body? Is this going to be the year that you participate in ministry at a higher level? Is this going to be the year that you start a business? Is this going to be that year? 
the only person that's going to determine that is you. You are the only person that will determine that. Now, in 2021, my wife and I will be celebrating our 20th anniversary, and we have a, a, a big deal uh, in March. March 17th of this year will be our 20th anniversary. Um, we've been married 20 years, and we've been together for, been knowing each other for 26. But I got something special planned, so that means I got to get this, you know, my, my six-pack back in order. And I got to, you know, I got to get cut up. Because the plan that I have in March is contingent upon me meeting these goals. And so I'm trying to put certain disciplines in place in order to achieve that intended goal. But I want you to see this, everybody. Whatever you want to do, you will either be the help to it or the hindrance to it. So in 2021, as you look over this year, I want you to think about what you want to do, how much better you want to be, how, uh, uh, what is it going to take in order to get there, and then put a plan in place in order to achieve it. Everybody, in Jesus' name, I want to thank you so, 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 so much. Um, the, um, the fellowship and the... Uh, participation of Studio B that we've been doing now for going on seven months has been tremendous. Thank you for all of those who support this podcast, who tune in, who download, who share it, uh, who find valuable content in the stuff that we're talking about on Studio B. This year is going to be a super exciting year, man. We're going to have some big name people in the house, some people that really bring value um, to our conversation and to Main Street America and to those who are watching all around the world. It's going to be a fabulous year for Studio B, and I'm excited about what God's going to do. So I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart, those who follow us on social media, those who are following us on podcast platforms. Thank you for your um, your fellowship. Thank you for your support. Um, there will be some additional opportunities here coming forward for you to support us in different ways. And I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for all that you do. I got a great team that you don't hear uh, and that you don't see that's behind the scene that's making all this stuff work. Uh, Steve Miller, um, that is on our ones and twos that does the audio. Uh, thank you so much, man, for all that you do. And Dominique Kennard being who does the video and all of the editing for Studio B. A great team behind the scenes um, that is working for Studio B. So, man, thank you so, so very much. 2021 is going to be a great year. You have to declare it. You have to believe it. You got to put forth practices right now in order to achieve it. No matter where you're watching us from right now, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, like, subscribe, follow, share so that you don't miss a single episode of Studio B. Make sure you go to whatever platform, uh, podcast platform that you're watching. Subscribe to that platform and make sure that you support us in what we're doing here. Thank you so much, everybody. God bless you. We'll see you next week. <laughs>